what a what a joy, what strength that brings to my life, making that declaration, I'm not enough. And now that you know that I'm not enough, you drop the expectations down and you can just receive now from the Lord, because guess what? I am not enough to make you happy. I'm not enough to fix all your problems. But I want to open up God's word to you because his word is enough. Jesus is enough. Thank you again for being here this morning. If you'd like to connect with us online, you can hit the connect button here. If you're here for the first time, you can pull out a connect card. We'd love for you to do that each week. We just definitely encourage you to be givers. God is a giver, and we can be just like him. And if you want to give, you can do that online here. You can use an envelope, and on your way out, there's some giving boxes uh, for you. We also want to be giving, encourage you to give candy. We're going to be a blessing to the kids of our community here in Lamont. They do a, an Easter candy giveaway. I haven't seen it yet. I'll be a part of it, Hippity Hoppity Trail. So we'll see what that's all about. But if you can bring candy in so that we can share that with kids in our community, that would be great. And don't forget, next Sunday we have our annual church council right after service. So that's next Sunday. So today I'm going to begin a, a new series called Jesus, and I'm excited about this series. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There are some notes. I, I, I want to study God's Word with you, as we always do. We're always studying God's Word, but I really felt that this was a good opportunity for us to really dig together. Of course, I'm just going to be revealing to you the digging that I've done, but I'm encouraging you to dig with me. Of course, we're starting home groups up. And this gives you an opportunity. So the notes, if you don't have notes, obviously we kind of spread them out. If you didn't get any, there's some at the back here at this area. You can feel free to get out of your seat and pick those up, or maybe there's one behind you. But they, the notes also have questions for your home groups. And in our home groups, we, we want to be able to take the, the information, the revelations that we receive uh, deeper. As, so take those with you. And you have some points there. And then each week, I should be giving to you, so this story, the stories we're going to be diving into are found throughout the Gospels. So today's stories in Matthew, but you also have the other stories in there. So you can have those there to study, because sometimes when you're studying to, to, uh, to see what other angles of those stories, you, you are presented with more facts and you get more information as you look throughout the Bible. So, take that with you. The Word of God is filled with tiny, tiny details of life. Or, or in, in God's Word, there are tiny, tiny details, aren't there? And I want to tell you that those details in God's Word, they, they are not there by accident. They're not there for filler. God, the, the, God didn't inspire the writers just to put some details in there because he wanted, you know, thousands of pages in his Bible. No, those details are important. They're meant to be studied. They're, they're meant to be sought after. And we want to do that with you. Now, as we make discoveries in God's Word, I want to encourage you with this thought that any discoveries we make in God's Word has to line up with the whole of God's Word. I can't come up with something brand new and say, guess what, I found something brand new, and you're not going to find it anywhere else in the Bible, but this one particular verse tells me this. 
You know, that's not how that works. The Word of God confirms the Word of God. And so the discoveries we make will also be confirmed throughout God's Word. So I'm going to be digging into the stories prior to the resurrection, getting us ready for Easter. So with Easter in mind, let me take you to Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. And I want to begin reading there, verse 1 of Matthew 21. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. Now you know why we... Sometimes shout in church or get loud or raise our hands because it's very biblical to express to God our worship to Him. When Jesus comes into our life, there is an expression, there's a response. And for me, and I know we all have different personalities, but all of us are kind of created of the same mud, so we have this ability to respond to life. And when we see our God working in our lives, we worship Him. Now, one of these details I want to point out, and this is a very obvious detail I'm sure you've talked about before or studied before, but this is Passover week. And Passover week had a lot of details. There were a lot of things that the Israelites had to follow. There were a lot of instructions that they were given by Moses, and they needed to follow these instructions. They had to cross every T. They had to dot every I. They had to make sure that they were following these, uh, every, every implication, every instruction had to be followed. So we, re- now remember, just really quick, just a quick summary again. Uh, in Exodus, God was delivering his people out of Egypt. And because the Egyptians had treated his people with just inhumane practices and cruelty, they had to be punished And God's last punishment was that he was sending the death angel. And God told his his people, he said, if you want the death angel to pass over your home, you need to sacrifice the lamb, take the blood, and apply it to the doorpost of your home so that the angel will pass over your home. That's why they called it Passover week. Now, Passover week had a lot of, of details. I want to go to Exodus chapter 12. As they're beginning to celebrate, I want to go over one important detail that they had to do in Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to read verse 3 and then I'm going to read verse 6. 
Verse 3 of Exodus 12 says, Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. And verse 6 says, Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the fourteenth day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. What an interesting process. God told Moses to tell the people that when you bring that sacrificial lamb, and that once again, that lamb's blood represented going over the doorpost, a death angel passed over them. What a blessing, what mercy, what grace. God is worthy to be praised that all, we had, all they had to do was sacrifice a lamb and his death angel would pass over them. Thank you, Lord, that you spared our lives. We didn't deserve that. But we were obedient and we did that. But God told them, he said, don't tell, tell them, don't, don't pick that lamb just a few minutes. It's like, honey, we're going to, we've got to go sacrifice. Would you just go out and pick one of the sheep? It's, we're, we're minutes away. Come on, we've got to get to the temple. We've got to get to the tabernacle. Lord. Honey, no, he said, no, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to pick this lamb a few minutes before the sacrifice. I want you to pick the lamb on the tenth day of the Passover week. On the fourteenth day, you're going to slaughter that lamb. But on the tenth day, I want you to go pick that lamb. What's the number one rule if you live on a farm, if you're going to slaughter an animal to eat it, if you're going to slaughter an animal to sell it, what's the number one rule? Don't name it. Don't make it a pet. Don't bring it into your home because you're going to fall in love with this cute little animal and you're going to come to the realization that I cannot sacrifice this animal. This animal is now our pet and this animal is going to be a part of our family. But that's exactly what God told the Israelites to do. He said, I want you to take this animal and for five days I want you to take care of it. I want you to love it. I want you to take special care. I want you to feed it. I know you throw the food to the other animals, but this animal, I want you to feed with your hands. I want you to care for it. I want you to watch over it on the tenth day. And so I want to, I want to tell you something now. So now fast forward thousands of years later, and here is Jesus. The beginning of the Passover week. He's entering Jerusalem. And the Israelites are shouting and they're cheering and they're praising the name of God. And in essence, you know what they are doing? They are fulfilling the requirement that God gave them. The requirement of choosing a lamb on the 10th day of Passover week. Because I want you to behold this lamb. I want you to take this lamb in. And the Israelites, many of whom had partaken of the feeding of 5,000, many of them who had ate this miracle meal from a little boy's lunch. Thousands were fed, and many of them were there. Many of them that were there were, they had met Lazarus, or they had seen Lazarus, or they heard the story of this man who was in a tomb for four days, but Jesus called them forth, and he was revived again. Many who had been healed and had shared that healing with family members, 
They were all there. And they were all saying that day, we are choosing Jesus. Jesus, He is the way maker. He is our, our promise keeper. He is the Messiah. He is the one. They were choosing Jesus. And they were equating and fulfilling that promise. Not, 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 not the promise, but they were fulfilling that commandment for God that you're supposed to take in the Lamb. And so the children of Israel were taking in the Lamb of God. They were choosing Him. Now, you got to understand this. When the Israelites would go for the Passover Lamb, their Passover Lamb, they would go in and they, they had to find the perfect Lamb. Couldn't have any defects. Couldn't have any problems, no issues. It had to be perfect. And they would go in and there was, there was options and they would pick that Lamb. And the same was being done this day. They were choosing the Lamb of God. But unlike those lambs, the real animals, this lamb, you could search for all eternity. You could search throughout history. We could even try to come up with a plan, and we still wouldn't be able to come up with a plan to, to, to develop and to bring about the perfect sacrificial lamb. There was no way, because there was only one lamb. There was only one perfect lamb, and it was the only begotten Son of God. He was the only lamb to be chosen. He was the only one to behold. And the Israelites were making that declaration. They were saying, Jesus, He alone is the perfect Lamb of God. And I want to share with you this morning, I want to tell you online that if you don't have Jesus in your life, that what you have is an imitation. What you have is something that's not going to heal you, something that's not going to satisfy you. It's only Jesus who sets you free. It's only the Lamb of God that washes away your sin, and He takes away your guilt, and He takes away your fears, and He takes away your pain. It's only Jesus, the Lamb of God. And that day they were choosing Jesus. They were worshiping Him. I want to tell you, I choose Jesus. And that's one of my points in there. One of my observations that I made is that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's our Savior. And I have chosen Him. Science proves Jesus. History proves Jesus. The Word of God that's been around from the very beginning proves Jesus. And not only that, Jesus lives in my heart. And He changed me and He set me free. And He put me on a path of righteousness. He put me on a path of life. He made me a new person. He made me more like Him. I choose Jesus today because He's the Lamb of God. He's my Savior. I want to tell you, if you don't have Jesus in your life, then you don't have life. You don't have true peace. You don't have joy. You don't have eternal life because it only comes through Jesus. He's the only one. He is the Lamb of God. And so what the Israelites did that were there that day, not only were they shouting or cheering, but they began to throw their garments on the ground. All right, Tara, hand me my jacket. This is a risk I'm going to take because I know this jacket is, uh, has some issues for some people. But let me describe to you the garments. 
Now, the NIV uses this term cloak. Now, that term cloak is a better representation of probably and more than likely what was happening that day because it wasn't like Jesus told his disciples, hey, you know, I want you to go send an email out, put flyers, I'm coming. No, 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 no. Jesus just sent two of his disciples to get a donkey. This was a spontaneous activity that happened that day. Now, yes, there were a lot of people there, obviously, but they weren't ready to celebrate Jesus. But as Jesus enters and he's bringing the momentum of all these miracles and the momentum of all these powerful teachings, people began to take their garments. Now, a cloak, for instance, Elijah, Elijah, the prophet, had a cloak. And that cloak represented that he was a prophet. So people with cloaks had a representation, would be a kind of a modern-day version of a jacket, an outer garment. And these jackets, as you can see, for me, represent something of great significance many times. And obviously, for me, this represents years and years of tears and crying for my team and saying, this is, this is the year, no, no, this is not the year. Okay, this is the year, no, not this year. Okay, this is, you know, this represents the blood, sweat, and tears of being a Cubs fan. But it was, and so these people who were taking off the cloaks were kind of wearing a jacket like this. And it meant something to them. For some of them, those cloaks were a status symbol. It, it told people, I have authority. It told people I was a prophet. It told people I was important. And what we also have to remember when it comes to clothing, the people in Bible days did not have closets of clothing. Common people had a few garments, and when it came to a jacket or a cloak, they probably just had one. And so what they were doing is they were taking this one item that they had, this one item that meant so much to them, this one item that, was, that, was, that had some value, you know, financially it had value, emotionally it had some value, it had a lot of meaning, and they were just throwing it on the ground, and they said, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you, and I want you to walk over this cloak that represents my authority, and it represents my life, and it represents everything I've worked for, everything that I've longed for. I'm throwing it on the ground, and it would be my joy for you to walk over it, because I know you're the Lamb of God. I know you're the one who has taken away this, my, the sins of the world. You're going to do that. And I love sports. I hope I can go to a Cubs game this year. But there is nothing more important in my life than Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important than Him. I gladly would throw anything on the ground and say, Lord, walk over it. It's yours. Whatever you want from my life. You are the Lamb of God. What, what are you asking of me? I'm going to give it to you. I want you to have it. And that's what these people were doing. They were throwing their garments and they were throwing their, what, was, what meant something to them because Jesus was the Lamb of God. And I declare to you today, it's another point that I made the observation is I gladly give my life to Jesus. I gladly give Him whatever He wants. It's His. Last week we talked about missions. And I shared with you, I'm not, I would never ask you to do something that I'm not doing. And so for years, Tara and I have given to missions. Why do we do that? It's because it's, it's what God, I know God has spoken to my heart to do that. And so I gladly do that. I say, God, here you go. Here you go. 
It's not just my tithe. It's missions on top of that. God, here you go. Because he is the Lamb of God, and I gladly worship him. I want him to know that as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. My soul thirsts for you. I I hunger for the Lord. I thirst for him. There's nothing more valuable in my life than Jesus. So here he is riding. And he's riding on a donkey. Now this has great significance as well. Now, what we know from history is that kings, and it's just Israel's history, we know that kings rode donkeys. They rode donkeys. We know that. Uh, David rode a donkey. Absalom, when he tried to take over the kingdom, was, was riding a donkey. So kings rode on donkeys. So, obviously, Jesus was proclaiming his kingship from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And that's what we just read. That was from Zechariah as a, the uh, New Testament was referring to the Old Testament portion from Zechariah 9, 9. So Jesus was saying, yes, I am king. But we know from the very beginning that Jesus came to this earth, he was like no other king. He was like no other leader this world had ever, had ever, had ever seen or will see. Jesus, he is the Alpha, he is the Omega. He is the beginning, he's the end. He is great and greatly to be praised. He is our rock. He is greatly to be praised here because there is no one like him. And there is no king like Jesus. Now, the Bible describes in in great detail that this wasn't just any old donkey, but this was a kind of like a baby donkey that was next to his mother and had never been ridden on. Very important detail. Because no king on earth would ever get on a donkey that had never been ridden on. That would have been a great risk to his kingship. What king of great power and great authority who wanted to stand in front of the people to look strong and look smart and look powerful. Why would he risk getting on a donkey that had never been ridden on and maybe he would be kicked off of that donkey? Why would he risk that? No king would ever do that. But Jesus was like no other king. He was like no other one. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He alone is the, is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he's worthy to be praised. So he told his disciples, I want you to bring a colt that's never been ridden on. And I'm going to get on this colt. And not only am I going to ride this colt, but I'm going to take this colt. I'm going to take it into the middle of a shouting crowd. What do you guys know about animals? I know that animals can get scared really fast and that loud noises will really scare them. But Jesus says, I'm going to get on this mule. I'm going to get on this donkey I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to ride him. I'm going to ride him in because Jesus is like no other king. Why, why do we give our life to him? Because there is no other. Why do we commit our hearts to Him? Why do we pray every day? Why do we read our Bible every day? Because there is no one like Jesus. And He does things that no one else can do. He is a miracle worker. He is a way maker. He loves us. He cares for us. He makes a way where there is no way. So I give Him my life. I trust Him with all of my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding because I know He is my shepherd and He's perfect. And I hold on to His hand and He guides me and He directs me. He protects me. 
He's always with me. He, there is no other. Now Jesus told his disciples, he said, to untie that donkey and bring it to me. This donkey that was wild, this donkey that had never been ridden upon, this donkey that was a problem, this donkey represented what life can be about sometimes. Life will try to kick you off. Life will try to bump you and throw you on the ground and toss you. But Jesus said, I want that donkey to come. Bring that donkey to me. And just one last thought. You know, again, an observation that I know is true throughout the Word of God. Throughout the Word of God, I have learned that I can bring my problems to Jesus. I can bring all of my problems to Jesus. I bring them all to Him and I say, Lord... If you can calm a donkey in a wild, uh, that's never been ridden on in a, in a wild crowd, you could take care of my life. And I'm going to untie my life and I'm going to give it to you, Jesus. My life is yours. I give it to you. I surrender all. I surrender all to you. There's nothing more important than Jesus in our life. And the last important thing about the donkey is even though a king would ride a donkey, the king still represented a humble mode of transportation for a king. You see, a king riding a donkey, that's like, oh, okay, that's his everyday mode of transportation. There's no problems. Look at King David's on a donkey. We're fine. When you get on the horse, something's different. There must be a war coming. There's a battle to be fought. And Jesus rode that donkey that day, represented that he was a king of peace. And he wasn't coming to conquer the Romans. wasn't coming to take the land of Israel back. But he was coming as a meek and mild servant of God on a donkey to be sacrificed as the lamb on the cross so that we can be forgiven of our sins so that the way would be made for him to return one day. Because he will return one day. And the Bible says in, in Revelation, he will be riding not a donkey, but he will be riding a horse. And the day will come when he will fight the armies of earth, but it won't be much of a battle at all. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Today we have that privilege. Today we have that honor. To say, Jesus, I make you my king. I make you my Lord. I confess with my mouth. And I'm going to confess with my life. And I'm going to confess with my actions. And my thoughts and my words and all that I have. I'm going to confess that you are Lord. I'm going to choose you, Jesus. And unlike the Israelites who chose a lamb to be sacrificed, you and I can choose Jesus to not sacrifice Him anymore, but to love Him. We don't have to give Him up. We don't have to put Him on a cross again. We don't have to see Him ridiculed again. We don't have to hear the vicious, tormentous cries of people and, and ridicule of Him. Oh, you saved others. Can't you save yourself? And people spitting on Him. No, 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 no. We don't have to put Him through that again. We can hold Jesus this time. We don't have to let Him go. He is the Lamb of God that we can hold on to. He's the Lamb of God that says, 
He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the Lamb of God that knocks at the door of our heart. And if you will open up, He'll come in and He'll have supper with you. He'll dine with you. He'll have fellowship with you. We don't have to worry about Him leaving us anymore. But He said, if you will remain in Me, I will remain in you and you'll bear much fruit. Now we can behold Him. We can hang on to Him. He can go wherever we go. We don't have to worry that a day of resurrection, a day of, of, of suffering and And a day of crucifixion is coming. Oh no, we can hold on to Jesus all the days of our life. We can hold on to Jesus. We can hold on to this Lamb. And I pray that you choose Him with all of your heart. That you will choose Him with all of your life. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I want you to choose Jesus. I want you to choose our Lord and and our Maker. I want you to choose Him with your life and with your heart and online. I want you to choose Jesus and say, I belong to you, Lord. I am yours. I am yours. Would you stand with me? Father, I just pray that once again that we would make a choice to choose you, to worship you, to acknowledge that You are the perfect Lamb of God and that we would make the decision to give You our life. That we would make the choice to say, my life is Yours. And Lord, not only do I, I bring the good things of life to You, but I bring my problems, I bring my issues to You. Lord, I'm thankful that today that You will work in our hearts and You will work in our lives. And as we worship You and as we honor You, Lord, would You begin to touch our hearts that you begin to touch our lives. Let us know that we can behold you and you won't be sacrificed again, Lord. We're picking you. We're choosing you to hold on to you. We're choosing you to worship you. We're choosing you to honor you. We're choosing you to give you our life. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together. Too long on me. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see you now laying it down and I. to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I'll run.
song, what a song of application that we can take this morning. I believe we all need to respond to God. I believe we all need to respond to Him. You're not responding to me. You're not responding to my thoughts. You're responding to Him and to His Word and to His truth, to His love, to His Spirit, to run to the Father. Just imagine that day Jesus is coming in. That took great faith. Because he didn't have the approval of the leadership. He wasn't approved by the, by the priests. He was hated. So it took great faith for them to say, no, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to give him my praise. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to throw my garments. I'm going to take a branch. I'm going to worship Jesus. It took great faith. This wasn't a society worshiping Jesus. We live in a society that worships Jesus. Don't forget that step of faith they took. So this morning, I'm just going to say a prayer, and I just want to encourage you to 
to, to respond to God. And if you're here, you can come to this front area just to lift your hands to God and, and make a response to Him. You can turn in your seat and kneel down. You can kneel in your, your home. You can go somewhere and just respond to this mighty King. Lord, I love you today. I worship you. I pray, Father, for those who have never confessed you as Lord. They've never, they've not chosen you. They've chosen their life. They've chosen their way of living. They've chosen what makes them happy and what satisfies them. And God, I pray today that they would choose you. That even right now in this prayer, that they would maybe bow a knee. They're here in this room. They would come to this front area. And God, that they would make a confession to you and say, I choose you. You are the one. You are the Lamb of God. There's no other. There's no way out of this earth besides you. There's no way out of my frustrations besides you. There's no way out of the fear of death besides you. I choose you, Jesus. You're the way. You're the truth. You're the life. I pray, God, that you will speak to hearts, speak to lives. And for all of believers here in this room and online, may we go from this place casting our garments before you. May we go and respond and give our life to you again. And may you speak to us. What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? You want us to go get a colt? We'll do that. Do you want us to go find somebody who can feed somebody? We'll go do that. What preparations do you want us to make for your coming, Lord? Speak it to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. I pray you can all have a time of responding to God. Thank you. Jesus.